You are listening to Oblivion. It is October 17th, 2022. Well, you want to start it off with the uh, uh, governor's race in Oregon? Uh, uh, sure. But the It's been, I think, four decades since Oregon has had a Republican mayor and uh, you could argue that uh, Oregon's the most uh, liberal state in the in the country. Back in 1973, it was the uh, first state to decriminalize uh, marijuana possession, uh, something that still the rest of the country hasn't done, nor the federal government. Uh, but in uh, in recent weeks, there has been a a mounting uh, surge by the uh, Republican uh, candidate, and uh, I don't have their names available. But as I understand it, both candidates are are women, and uh, the current Oregon governor is is a woman, and she's getting ready to uh, leave office. And so, uh, the Republican strategy is basically focusing on homelessness and crime and the emerging consensus among the voters in Oregon is that uh, the the state has gone far left and uh, I just think it's a perfect example of, of how no matter what happens the only thing Americans are ever concerned about is things going too far to the left in other words even after Donald Trump, and even after January 6th, there's no concern in the in the nation about we we need to move left because things have gone way way too far right, and the real danger is the far right. That idea never clicks in the American mind, even if it's on the liberal uh, West Coast, and. Uh, Another part of the of the uh, dynamics uh, going on is that Nike co-founder uh, Phil Knight is a is a billionaire. He's the wealthiest person in Oregon, and he just decided to put all of his uh, money behind the uh, Republican uh, candidate. Not so much because he likes her, but because he just doesn't like uh, the the Democrats. And so this is another. Uh, example of even uh, liberal people, you would think open-minded, somewhat educated people, uh, just letting money uh, make decisions for them, right? I mean, so what that this billionaire is putting all of his money behind the Republican candidate, that doesn't automatically mean that you have to vote Republican. And, uh, the the real uh, problem that the that the Democrats in Oregon face again the issues of uh, of homelessness and and crime and the the big uh, joke on on the Democrats was expressed in a political cartoon recently where there's uh, someone there's a drawing of someone uh, snorting cocaine right and the the caption asks a question says. Um, which one of these is illegal in Oregon? And the answer is the plastic straw. 
And so we, we see the good old um, American Swiss Army knife of all answers. Drugs, drugs, <laughs> drugs, drugs, drugs. As, as once again being the thing that uh, is, is really going to uh, get people to uh, connect with the, the conservative uh, messaging. And uh, the uh, this this uh, criticism of uh, of uh, Democrats' policies in Oregon is, uh, in some ways, it's it's a an attempted rebuke of uh, recent efforts to do what really the whole world should do, the whole nation should do, which is to decriminalize all drugs. And the the problem with the wanting to uh, be critical of, of this policy is that it's much, much too soon to be making any evaluations about uh, how good these uh, policies are and whether or not they will work. And then the other problem is that to, to the extent that there is a problem with homelessness and uh, what you might call unsavory elements having a presence in Oregon, uh, that really is the fault of the neighboring states, right? And the, the nearby states that, of course, have to cling to their Joe Biden war on drugs. So you have people. Uh, it, so in other words, it's not that is it bad to decriminalize drugs, but what has happened is if you live in Idaho, Washington state, Northern California, and you do drugs besides marijuana, you think, well, sure, let's go to Oregon because we won't have to live like wild dogs uh, up there. So the, the real problem is there hasn't been nearly enough time to see uh, what the to, to see the benefits of, of drug decriminalization. Right. And then so the, that the, just to make it clear, there was a referendum sure. in 2020 uh, that decriminalized small amounts of, of cocaine, heroin, uh, methamphetamine. Um, right. But uh, also at the at the center of it's not just the drugs. I mean, probably as big and melded together is the so-called homelessness problem. Uh, right. So it's uh, all the all the problems. There is a record number of murders. You know, I, I assume it's all like crazed homeless people that are committing these murders. Um, but uh, uh, so there's this backlash against the homeless. Right. That's fomented right wing fomented, you know, with the help of billions of dollars from this this asshole Nike guy right. <clears throat> you know, pushing this. um narrative of the you know these low homeless that are you know the root of all our problems and they're doing drugs now that it's just <laughs> wild west of drug doing you know right and um and i and my guess is um you know i don't just for my opinion, without the uh, there being uh, some kind of evidence behind this, I very much doubt that the crime, uh, so-called crime wave, which I even doubt, you know, I, I'm sure that's totally overblown, um, uh, is caused by this 
either the homeless problem or the uh, uh, small amounts of uh, drugs being decriminalized. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just a wild and crazy druggie. So who would who would listen to what I got to think? Well, I think about Portugal, which back in uh, in 2001, as an entire country, mm-hmm. right, uh, yeah. decriminalized uh, all drugs. Yeah, yeah. And um, but we can't. Portugal, this country can't reference any other country at all. Doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, right? Because we are the shining light. So it doesn't. You know, I mean. Uh, Right. Anything that another country did can't be a good idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Only American and, ideas. And, are, and, are, are unless good they're ideas. like bombing and using our weapons and and uh, bombing right. people, and uh, then that's fine. But even then, it's because we're the ones that are really controlling what, what yeah. they're they're doing. Exactly. And you certainly can't um, you certainly can't do something like praise uh, China's COVID policy. Oh yeah! Um, After we're done with this, we can sure. go over the the times and uh, yeah. There's a whole hardcore anti-China section we can talk about. Yes, and what what's amazing, I do have to get this one point in, is yeah. that the way that Donald Trump was vilified for being xenophobic and racist, yeah. right? And now just the whole country is just. Um, having a blast with the china bashing mm-hmm. yeah. and and it's always um like drugs is a swiss army knife of all answers and so is the economy and of course china's COVID policies are bad because of the economy but anyway back to oregon just to finish up mm-hmm. with that the um as you mentioned i mean the the drug decriminalization and um i think along with that a, a law that basically means that you you have to treat homeless people humanely um i mean this passed in in 2020 so we're not even talking about two full years mm-hmm. right and yet immediately like the very next election is because of this one thing you know that all of this is happening and as you said that in the first place what is the, this actual nightmare that, that that's happening um is it really that bad i mean what problems does oregon have that the rest of the country doesn't have right i mean when you want to talk about violence and murders i think about louisville kentucky i mean every year louisville is breaking its own record for murders and i think about places like st louis and baltimore Mm -hmm. uh, memphis i mean are these would you rather live in those places than than uh, live in in portland um, so, well, and it's just, it, and it's interesting how the frame is here. That here's the title of the New York Times article on this: uh, How a Republican Could Lead Oregon, uh, Liberal Disharmony, and Nike Cash is the after the colon uh, in a wild governor's race. Race an independent candidate is siphoning Democratic votes, and the billionaire Nike co-founder is pouring in money, giving an anti-abortion Republican a path to victory. Well, uh, you might notice that the uh, spo- so-called spoiler, the independent candidate, is a centrist. So, you know, there's no like left um, critique of this whole situation or somebody right. that's involved in this thing. Supposedly, the governor is the uh, left leftist, which. You know, you probably, you look at her, you know, 
I would consider moderate in my, <laughs> you know, the, these small but important things where she actually shows she cares about homeless people and doesn't want to beat them down and and uh, right, was, that makes her a, a leftist yeah. rather than just a non-fascist. Yeah, and the and the the drug thing was a referendum. I mean, she didn't make that. It was the people who decided that. So, um, yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, so there's this, you know, there's this spoiler quote, spoiler candidate, a a more real type. uh, You know, it's probably the hardcore right-wing Democrats who, you know, don't don't care if it's a Republican or not as long as these uh, wacky people that, you know, aren't— you the, know. the the Ken Kesey Woodstock types that live <laughs> yeah. near near the coast and, yeah. and they uh, they probably want to uh, join uh, Idaho and you know there's been a big movement that uh, uh, much of the state of of Oregon wants to be part of uh, Idaho yeah because they're so and, all the eastern part is hardcore right wing uh, yeah. Right, but I would even guess that most of the state mm, mm, um, sure. doesn't like the the liberal policies. That it's it's a matter of custom, mm-hmm. and things have just always been that way. Mm. Uh, but if they had their way, I mean, they would prefer to see people um, getting killed, getting their face pounded in, mm-hmm. being punished, and mm-hmm. going to jail, and having to worry about money all the time. Mm-hmm. Because that's just so obviously what the whole country is. And um, Hey, you uh, got to get out there, get the grind there, buddy. You got to get on that little wheel and run it around. But the, the larger picture is um, just the way that no matter, as I was saying earlier, no matter what happens, the the only concern is things have gone too far left. Things have gone too far left. And again, I, I have to bring up January 6th, 2021, that doesn't make you concerned about that things have gone too far to the right. You know, someone can carry under two grams of methamphetamine, right? Versus you're going to have your entire Congress uh, murdered in cold blood by people's bare hands. And you're going to have your entire uh democracy if you want to believe that it is overthrown that's acceptable but you know people can do drugs and you're it's easy it's very easy to get you um concerned about that and uh who knows what will happen if uh if uh the republican actually wins in in oregon uh it could really be the the uh, beginning of the end of what uh, what liberal element does exist in, in this country? Because if you can get a Republican uh, into into Oregon, right, and you can start pounding on drugs, 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 then um, it, I mean it's only a matter of time before the rest of the country wants to go back to 1982. Now that is the the part of the. Uh, still aren't there that never left 1982 like uh move your phone a little bit it was move your phone a little bit it was cutting uh just put it on another ear yeah i haven't 
move the phone or okay. my body at all. But did you just move it? Uh, maybe an inch, half an inch. <laughs> yeah, it seems better. Whatever the deal is. Anyway. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's um. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm gonna look this up, but I'm assuming Oregon's like. Um, California, that they have super majorities of Democrats. So there is a certain limit. You know, this is the reason that these hardcore right-wing Republican sections of Eastern Oregon are want to go to Idaho because they feel pretty powerless, right? Um, uh, to, I don't know, to, you know, this anti, if the anti-abortion Republican gets in there, there's no way that they're like going to, you know, uh, end their abortion access um well and unless the democrats decide well we don't (laughs) we're going to be like the uh uh the national leadership and we're just gonna uh give up on the roe v wade yeah especially if they lose during the uh the midterms uh they'll be like well we you had your chance (laughs) we're we're just not gonna even fight for this anymore as if they did anyway, you know. As if they had ever fought for it. Like, right. we're not going to ever fight yeah. again for universal health care. We're never going to have a, a debate over war again. Yeah, I mean, once upon a time, even though America was always going to go to war, at least there were debates about it. Like, you could you could talk to someone about why maybe it's not a good idea to always go to war. But... Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's incredible to me that uh, the only thing that ever happens in America when it comes to things going to to the extreme is with the left in the most right-wing nut job part of the country. Like, you can have AR-15s, but you can't have pot. I mean, wow. But the problem is we're too far left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the, the homeless problem is is a complex problem. But what's just bizarre to me is that how anyone could think that only in Oregon is homelessness a, a problem. And I remember in 2019 leaving Louisville and getting ready to go on the interstate and for at least three straight blocks driving uh, through the. Uh, stoplights to get to the interstate ramp it was just lined with uh, homeless people I mean it, and Kentucky is is a far right fascist uh, state it's people and it's and it's politics are all mm-hmm. right, uh, religious extremist and 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 fascist yeah. uh, but but here here we are and it, it is it is concerning because if if the if the Republican does get into the governor's office, uh, then you're going to start. I think you'll see the uh, the legislature will go Republican. The whole state will go Republican, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll only be right there on the coast where um, where you'll have people still uh, uh, clinging to the to the liberal. Uh, views that uh, Oregon's always been known for, because it does seem like the the people in in Portland and Salem, the the capital, are are really into this. Oh, this has gone too far, and I'm tired of 
somebody slashed my tires and uh, there's a homeless person. Uh, and I know San Francisco is Northern California. It's not Bay Area. It's not it's not uh, Oregon. But the same mentality is emerging in San Francisco. Right. Another uh, liberal stronghold where the uh, the district attorney was recalled for being too liberal. Right. Because these uh, the, these people realize that the people who are blamed for being too liberal that it just doesn't accomplish anything to have these harsh laws round people up and throw them in jail. It isn't accomplishing anything. And you can look at the long-term effect of these policies. That's why you have all of the homelessness. That's why you have, uh, I mean, and now we're talking about, it's been over a decade ago that you've had the opioid crisis, right? And the, uh, the, uh, the, the overdoses, Right. Mm -hmm. All of those are are direct results of fascist, hardcore right wing policies of just an eagerness to punish. And that all politics is, is you've got to make somebody else look really, really, really bad. Um, so uh, in, a, in a related um, uh, uh, article in The New York Times came out today republicans gain edge as voters worry about economy time sienna poll finds and they break it down into the numbers uh like support of republicans versus uh democrats and uh right now the the republicans have a four percent lead overall in this survey and uh but uh let's break it down into some of the constituents uh, men, it's 5%, uh, 45 to 50 Republican, uh, um, 45 Dem, 50 Republican. Women, it's even at 47. Um, but then the age is interesting, right? So it's 18 to 29 years old. It's 52 Dem, 40 Republican. Uh, 30 to 44, it's 50 uh, Dem, 41 Republican. But guess what? 45 to 64, 38 Dem, 59 Republican. And then it's even 65 and older, uh, 48, 48. So it's our age group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be proud, man. Gen X, man. Coming. <laughs> well, that so, doesn't so that, me at all. Well, yeah. I mean, we right? came up in the Man's 80s good. when, you know, uh, when the <laughs> – 60s and 70s, it was over, and all the kids then, you know, were raised on the uh, just say no and and uh, uh, the the rise of the uh, preppy. Um. Preppy, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that oh, you, you've got to put away all the hippie garb. The 60s were a mistake. We're all yeah. going to get rich. We all have to be uh, <clears throat> Michael J. Fox. We're all going to wear our polos and eyes and dog ciders and designer jeans, just a miserable, awful generation and a total warmongering generation. I'll always remember early nineties when the Persian Gulf war was getting started. And like on the university of Kentucky campus, it was, I mean, how many people go to UK like 20,000? <laughs> yeah. And there were maybe, 300 people on the entire campus that protested the war. Mm -hmm. 
the entire rest of the campus was uh, <laughs> not to be seen. Totally into it. They had they had studies, things to study. They'd be out there with you if they weren't studying. They were responsible. They weren't <laughs> like the Bernie bro wackos. <laughs> ah, I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna do drugs and protest the war, and then the government sucks. <laughs> I need to do. I need to get my laundry done before I go to the library and study for twenty hours for my exams. Mm-hmm. So I'll do well in my exams. So I can graduate, then I can get a good job and make money. Let, and, to this, and to this day, despite everything, I mean, it, it's one thing to be in high school and you're just learning about your society, right? But now you've had four decades to be an adult and to see what you were raised on. And you're clinging to this more than ever. <clears throat> but I also think that no matter what it says about the younger generations that if humanity lives long enough that all the people that you just cited those younger age groups mm-hmm. when they get to be 45 to 64 they'll be far right mm-hmm. they'll be uh, i see how it works this is so bad i'm better <laughs> than everybody else i'm really really smart and hard working and that other guy's a Lazy dumbass. Uh, what a bum. What a bum. Go to Oregon, you bum. And, of course, the the numbers, race, ethnicity, white, 40, dim, 55, Republican, Hispanic, 60, um, 34, Republican, uh, black, 78, 18, Republican. Um, black, 78 to 18? The blacks? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm surprised 18 is... They must have found a really conservative uh, <laughs> enclave to get 18% for Republicans. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, but what my biggest problem with a poll like this, trying to delve, you know, how left or right wing the populace is, you just have to consider what what are these Democratic candidates? What are these Republican candidates? And what, is their, what are their politics? Well, um you know, there's very few um, squad type, Bernie type, uh, progressive liberals in this mix, right? So, sure, they might want to choose a Democrat or they, you know, um, wh- whatever the politics are there. That's not what's on the ballot, right? You don't have the uh, the Bernie. <laughs> that's totally off the ballot. I mean. Uh, uh, you know, that's a, a rare person that would even be on so your the, ballot so for you to actually misleading people are even more conservative than the poll says. Well, no, what I'm, what I'm saying is that it doesn't matter if they're conservative or liberal or white pinky commie, if they don't have a choice of the white pinky commie, uh, progressive, uh, that's uh, put forward by our, uh, corporate system, uh, um, it's not really a mandate as to what how left or right their politics are. It's a mandate on uh, whichever phony uh, side of the duopoly is, <laughs> you know. Uh, Excellent. Well, well said. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to be grim, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't see a lot of. Um, I mean, at least Bernie, no matter. Um, uh, 
say what you will, it, there was something uh, invigorating and exciting uh, that there was uh, popularity behind what he was talking about. Um, and, I agree. But but it's a lot more grim now because they just tell, did a total shutdown on <laughs> on Bernie and the you know the revolution he talked about you know, from the beginning when he started using this our revolution. Uh, uh, oh, what do you call it? Marketing name. I was sort of sickened by it because it was just first of all going too far. I mean, it's nothing was revolutionary about the you know very worthy conservative desire to return return to the New Deal and maybe expand it a little bit. Um, Yeah, Uh, but uh, yeah. So, but you know, since then. We've seen what's happened. The Democrats haven't done anything, but oh, it's Manchin's fault. So I mean, what can we do? I mean, and uh, you know, the calls for um, legalization, which is you know center of the platform of people like Schumer and Bernie, et cetera. Even Schumer, you know, is like pushing for legalization. Nope. Uh, even Schumer's not going to get what he wants because you know old, old drug warrior Biden has to show what a you know uh, what a warrior he is, what a leader. You know the sadist creep, White House. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at. Um, I was mentioning the China thing. It was it was just kind of notable. The reason that it's come up as a section um, is there's the uh, oh, the Congress, the Communist Congress, uh, it's five-year plan. Every five years, they have a Congress where they get together and make their five-year plan. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's just um, the news analysis, which is what this is called. Uh, in Z's China, the business of business is state-controlled. The Chinese leader has increasingly demanded that business conform to the aims of the Communist Party, an agenda he doubled down on this week at an important political gathering. So that's that's the first big headline there. That oh my God, he's you know state controlled. Um, yeah, I read a similar article where it kept using the term the state-owned banks in, in China. The mm-hmm. state-owned banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it had to do with the the uh, the yuan, the Chinese currency, mm-hmm. and how the the dollar recently has been outpacing the yuan by fourteen percent, and so the Chinese uh, the the state owned banks have been trading yuan for for dollars, um, to bolster their own uh, capital, uh, and then I well let's see two thousand eight. Right. Banks are also state owned. The minute that bailout went through from then on, these are no longer privately owned banks. They're not right. The fact that that it's not identical to the way China has state owned banks doesn't mean that in the United States they're also not state owned banks. Well, the, 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 there's a big difference there. In the U.S., it's state subsidized, that's still owned by the billionaires, whereas in China, it actually is um, um, 
you know, uh, straight up state owned uh, the major well, banks. But, but and, you could say the same thing about China, right? I mean, it's a state owned, it's a state owned bank, but someone is running the bank, right? I mean, there's a there's a president or a CEO of the bank, and I'll bet you anything that that individual Chinese person that owns the bank. Is a wealthy person. Well, so not is the same not, thing. Well, no, it's different because they, yeah, they don't have billionaires owning the banks. It is, it is state, you know, people own thing. You know, the bureaucracy controls it. Now they do have uh, billionaires uh, to a much lesser extent, um, where they've uh, in the uh, capitalist side of the Chinese. Uh, economy they've let certain people have monopolies um but uh in this article um they they even talk about how that there's 70 new billionaires uh in the, in just 2014 uh but apparently i guess these billionaires or their fellow billionaires in the west are not like not happy about that that you know they're they're of course they're not happy that the uh, Chinese um, state uh, the, the communist state uh, is has much more controls where it's the other way around right it's like the banks and the corporate people in this country um, they control <laughs> uh, the government I mean basically right, the banks own the government the United yeah, States and in right. China the government owns the bank <laughs> right yeah yeah and uh, and, and it, I think that's another way China has has gotten it uh, correct. Of course, most Americans would disagree because most Americans either vicariously live through the rich or they think any day now that they're going to get rich. But again, just because our banking system is not identical to China's, I strenuously object to the idea that our banks are not state owned. They are. You can't bail out the banks and say that they're not state-owned. You can't have it both ways. If we really believed in capitalism, we would have let all of all of the banks fail in 2008. That's how it's supposed to work, because then that would have created an incentive, right? An internalized incentive for people to not commit fraud. Right. That that's the virtue of capitalism is that is that you have an incentive to be a good business person. Right. And it includes not being a criminal, yeah. because if you if you are a criminal, not only will you go to prison, but then you'll lose your business. We did the opposite of that. We said you have committed like the the biggest fraud of all time. We're going to give you all of this money. You can pay it back as your leisure after, of course, you've made profits off of it. And, of course, we're not going to prosecute you. And the, the, the instant that that $700 billion went to those uh, uh, banks, I mean, just talking about this, I still can't believe that this, that this actually happened. <laughs> I mean, the way that – remember when I talked about manufactured cultural amnesia? Mm-hmm. Well, the bailout is part of that. I mean, that's – not that long ago at all. And that's a monumental historical event. And no one even thinks about it. It's not, it's not a capitalist system anymore. 
And, and everybody who made the decision to vote for that bailout, they were also voting for socialism. Now, the term I have for it is it's American socialism or American communism, where it's communism for the bourgeoisie, right? It's not it's not uh, controlling and distributing wealth for the benefit of the proletariat, right? We're gonna we're gonna have this safety net, but only for the rich. We're gonna we're gonna protect. We're gonna have a, a, a safety net. We're not gonna let the rich fall through the cracks. Meanwhile, everybody else will beat them down through the cracks. Right. Um, here's here are some more um, of the articles under the. Uh, response to the Chinese China's Communist Party Congress, China's leaders leader strikes a defiant tone, warning of stormy seas. In quotes, Xi Jinping is expected to secure a third term, term as leader during a pivotal meeting of the Communist Party, extending his authoritarian rule over the country. Uh, Xi Jinping defended his hardline reign on Sunday, presenting hardline reign. You gotta love that one, hardline reign. Right off the bat, key word, on Sunday, presenting himself to a Congress of China's ruling elite as a leader whose tough policies have saved the nation from the ravages of the pandemic and was now focused on securing China's rise amid multiplying global threats. Uh, Mr. Xi is poised to claim a groundbreaking third term as leader at the end of the week-long Communist Party Congress, used his opening report to argue that his decade in power had brought historic gains. He pointed to the party's campaign against corrupt officials, its cleanup of the environment, and its crackdown on anti-government protests in Hong Kong as king victories. He described Chinese foreign policy as a series of successes in fending off Western bullying and protectionism, apparently referring to disputes over human rights technology and Beijing's claim on Taiwan. So um, now that this... I'm I'm sure if you were, for instance, to read his main speech, um, keynote speech, um, that you would you would probably hear many other things that were mentioned, um, <laughs> and uh, so um, well, let's see what it says about this. Speaking to a hall filled with delegates in face masks, oh my God, he made no concessions to critics who have argued that his relentless zero COVID policies of lockdowns, mass testing, and intrusive surveillance have pushed China into a cul-de-sac of unsustainable restrictions and economic damage. He argued instead that such tough policies and the party's dominance in nearly all aspects of everyday life, I'm sure he didn't say that, was what was needed to protect China's 1.4 billion people. So, you know, just in that, just so filled with... <laughs> so, so saturated <laughs> with this biased language. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, speaking to a hall filled with delegates in face masks, like, uh, you know... It's bad. Yeah, that these that they're like, uh, you know, that there is if they took their masks off, they would be taken out back and shot in the back of the head for their right, <laughs> you know, and that uh, it's not that they're that they're wearing face masks because they're not idiots. Yeah, and he made no concessions to critics, but I mean, are, are there how many critics are there? I think the critics are. The vast majority of these critics are are like the New York Times. I mean, that's the critics here, right? <laughs> you know, in China, um, sure, I'm sure there's few people that are miffed about you know uh, 
occasional restrictions. Uh, you, you would think by this article that it's just like a everybody is locked down 24-7 and occasionally they get out of their house and and uh, if they do they're constantly like probed up the ass to see if they've got covid and and uh you know this is the the tone you get from this but this is just not the case you know occasionally 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 they they lock down a city like shanghai that you know us dirty foreigners came in and and uh, didn't, weren't wearing a mask, right? And <laughs> spread our COVID that we got, you know, in our orgy, and uh, took it over there and spread it. And then they had to clamp down. To, you know, <laughs> to had to clamp have the down to make other people sick and die. Yeah, for you about a, me. so it was for like what a month that it was. It was probably even a month that they. You know, they clamped down for probably at most two weeks really hard to try to tamp it down successfully, obviously. And now there aren't the lockdowns like they're talking about here. You know, there's the basic restrictions are that, you know, everybody's being tested. You should wear a mask. I'm sure that if you don't wear a mask, it's kind of the same. It's not like you'll be taken out back and shot in the back of the head. You'll be be shamed rightfully uh for not wearing your mask in the appropriate situation uh but uh yeah so it's just so sickening that um th- this is the mainline consensus uh washington attitude about covid right that wearing these face over. you know wearing the face masks you're basically a communist right if you're wearing this face mask you must be you know you're you're an authoritarian extremist. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it shows how. Uh, I mean, what's the difference between Joe Biden and and Donald Trump when Joe Biden is saying the pandemic's over? It's exactly what Donald Trump would have said. Trump said, you know, the pandemic uh, has never begun. There's really nothing to worry about. It's the same. It's the same mindset. Uh, I mean, speaking of COVID. And actually, speaking of Oregon, um, I have read where uh, it, it appears that uh, there is going to be a fall and winter surge in Oregon. It's expected to begin uh, in about a month in the middle of November and then run through December. Of course, I've been paying attention to this because my filming schedule is has me set to return to Oregon in, in November. When, uh, I don't know when is that any... when is that that you're what's that when is that you're heading there well the plan is to head there uh, in the middle part of November right uh, so I'll have to keep an eye on that but yeah but the point is about the pandemic Biden saying that, that the pandemic is over and we're starting to see this um, uh XBB and uh, what is the other one? The was it BQ point one point one or something? Yeah. The uh, the 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 variants. Mm-hmm, Let me mm-hmm. see. I think I have it uh, written down here uh, somewhere. It's 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 BQ point one point one. Mm. <laughs> and that's the one that's. But that these are. Uh, the, these may be uh, immune evasive, 
And then talking about the American toward the pandemic, it's something like only 10% of Americans have gotten the latest Omicron specific booster. Right. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm at a loss to, to understand how we won't have another surge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got my, um, um, bivalent shot, um, on Friday. Actually, for the first time I got a flu shot, I got it in the other arm. <laughs> so, and they offered it. So I was like, well, why not? You know, um, yeah, it was more painful in the actual shot because there's like, I don't know, four times plus the amount of fluid in the flu shot. Um, although the, I don't know what the process is, but the soreness in the arm was more for the, um, for the COVID shot. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the, um, yeah, and you're always, you know, I felt a little funny, but, uh, it wasn't much. It was mostly the funny. It was just the soreness in the arms. Fortunately, I didn't have any, um, uh, symptoms and, uh, Nancy, Nancy's had, um, symptoms from the boosters, or at least two of her four shots, um, you know, had kind of like flu-like feverish sort of symptoms for 24 hours. Uh, but she didn't have it this time, so that was that was good. Uh, yeah, let's look at Oregon COVID numbers just to, to muse about it. They're, they're pretty low. Uh, it's 11 per 100,000. It's flat right now, uh, and it has been flat for a month and a half, pretty much. Um, yeah, I would think that, um, you know, I think there is more of a masking uh, going on in Oregon, at least in the areas you'll be going to, and a bit more. But not for long. <laughs> yeah. Once we get freedom-loving Republicans <laughs> yeah. into the Oregon government, <laughs> you won't have to wear a mask anymore. And uh, what's the name of the county you'll be going to? Uh, I'm not sure the name of the county, but the, the place is called uh, Yahats on the coast. Mm. So I've got COS County, Douglas County, then Eugene County north of that. Uh, which I guess is Eugene, Oregon. Uh, well, the main thing is... The, Crook the County is the worst. Traveling, right? I'm going to be in airports, be on the plane. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be flying into Portland, and I'll be taking a train from Portland uh, to the coast. Um, well, I think you're, you know, you've... I mean, I uh, you've adjusted your... Because yeah. I'm... I'm yeah, you're boosted. I'm triple boosted, vaccinated. Yeah, I, th I think um, you're as well protected as you can, and of course you'll be wearing masks um, a lot more than the average person. That'll help you out. Um, um, you know, I think you should try not to worry about it and just get on with it. Um, it's not like I'm I'm going uh, to Sturgis, <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not going somewhere to be around a hundred thousand people in a, mm -hmm. in a tight crowd. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I would, I would not recommend going to a concert or, uh, such, you know, to a play or, <laughs> or, 
one of those kind of things, but um, unless it's outdoors. But uh, yeah, what, what's the weather like in November there? Is it kind of um, I think cool, it's supposed to be cool, temperate. but not yeah, not too cold. Not maybe as cold as here. Also, you get to the uh, if you're in Central Oregon, it'll be cold. Mm-hmm. But once you get out of the uh, the mountain ranges, once you get toward the coast, the, mm-hmm. the ocean makes it more temperate. Right, right. It's a rainforest, man. You can like be in the trees. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So the the uh, good old coronavirus. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, you know, that's uh, there's no telling. Uh, I mean, it all comes down to will these variants be as hardcore and bypass as well as Omicron did. You know, um, if so, if they can blaze through everything, um, I don't, I expect it wouldn't be quite as bad because you would think that in the meantime, more people have gotten it. A, you know, they've gotten a little more natural immunity. There's more, uh, boosting that's occurred. So it, it may spike, but it surely wouldn't be as high as the Omicron one. Well, but the, uh, here's the problem is. That the we we know now that the immunity wears off, right? Mm-hmm. And we also know that you can you can get reinfected. Whereas with the original strain, it did not appear that that was the case, right? Yeah. The when the original strain came along, if you got it and you didn't die, you could think, you know, I've made it. Like my body knows how to fight this. Right. I survived. I'm fine. But with the, the Omicron, what's happening is we know people can get reinfected. Sometimes people can get reinfected multiple times. I've read about people getting it like getting sick three times within a span of months. Um, and the immunity wears off. Uh, the vaccine wears off. That's the whole point of getting the booster. Mm-hmm. Again, it's this American. You made a really good point about how the American liberals I mean, even they have this conservative mindset where they're only going to do something because they've been told to do it, right? They can't think about what's going on and why they should or shouldn't do something, whether they're being told to do it or not. And um, most Americans haven't gotten this latest booster. Oh, it almost seems uh, unavoidable that we'll have a surge just as bad as the one last year. Well, it all, it all comes down to what the variant will be like. And, you well, you're, you're right. And that's the other factor that has to be taken into consideration is the unpredictability of the virus. Mm-hmm. Unpredictability both in terms of, of what it does uh, in terms of the general human population. How will the virus mutate and, and how destructive and lethal will it be but also with an individual right this person gets infected nothing happens this person gets it and they get very sick and die and then the other scary thing to think about with uh, covid is the long covid which unfortunately more and more grim stories and research is coming out about that and i know this is going to come as a shock dave but it, it appears that uh, both the American medical community and the government 
uh, really have, have, have been underestimating the significance of long COVID, hmm. not really paying enough attention to it. Yeah, and... Um... Being really bad for the economy, it is long COVID. Because once you've got like millions of people who are sick at a time, these people can't work, right? So they're hurting financially, and then you have to have some other kind of support system come in and help those people get through, which further reduces uh, resources. But to go back to China for just a minute, and I think, Dave, you brought this up last week, the, the number that has to be put out there over and over again and you can see how biased these new york times articles are because i bet they never mention this is that china's covid zero policy has saved four million lives now how can you listen to that how can you call yourself a freedom-loving pro-life american and say it's a bad thing to say four million lives i mean what if those were four million precious unborn babies who, thanks to the American Supreme Court, they've been saved? Now, it's a good thing that you're saving lives, but they're, they're China and they're, they're post-born, uh, post-birth humans, so they may as well be uh, piles of garbage, Um but you saved four million lives, and you're going to say that that's a bad uh, policy. And then the, the other thing I have to remind the listener is, if if you actually don't want to get sick, uh, or if you live with someone who's immunocompromised, or both, America's policy is a lockdown policy because you can't freely interact in society without with any peace of mind and without uh, incurring the risk of getting sick or making someone who you love sick. So it, we are under a, a lockdown in the United States because we won't get the virus under control. And then in terms of the these uh, continuing uh, variants, right, and the way that the virus continues to evolve, I read an article that was making all these excuses uh, for uh, the uh, poor Americans who can't. Um, it's just too much information to keep up with. <laughs> Americans just can't keep up with all this information. So what, what information you mean? Like you should wear a mask in a <laughs> like there's indoor a place. You should wear a mask. You should get vaccinated. You should get boosted. That's all you have to know. And then in, in what they're doing, what these articles are doing is they're, is they're trying to make scientists look like a bunch of pedantic nerds mm -hmm. because they keep talking about all these new variants. There's mm -hmm. there's BA.4, BA.5. Now there's BQ1.1 mm -hmm. and there's XBB. Stop, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop scolding me. So all of stop scolding me. So all these hardworking Americans all these business people who are so uh, scary smart and and super hardworking and motivated, all these college-educated Americans, and all of these well-informed Americans 
thanks to the internet, right? Because we, we know how people spend all their time on the internet, getting information and reviewing it and being informed, right? But the pandemic, I can't be expected to retain all this information. The thing is, you don't have to know all the information about the specifics concerning all of these new uh, variants, right? You, the, the thing that's been said uh, going all the way back to 2020 uh, or the beginning of 2021 when the vaccine rollout was beginning, uh, was uh, starting, was you have to get this virus under control or it's going to keep mutating. And if it keeps mutating, it will eventually mutate into a more lethal form that is immune and vaccine evasive. That's, been, that's a very simple, basic idea, right, that it's not enough that, that you personally don't get sick or that you got it and didn't die, right? As long as you keep <laughs> spreading and circulating the virus, it will continue to mutate. And if it continues to mutate... It is you're playing with fire. It's only a matter of time before you get no before you any, b- before you get locked down in your coffin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. You want to talk about a lockdown? That's a lockdown. <laughs> Rock and roll. Let's lock this one down. For David Vernon Miller, this is Doctor David W. Overby, and you've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast.